I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Did Jane tell you? She told me. See, I feel like now you guys are just forming your own little bond. I'm just over here. Yeah, we're slowly uh, <laughs> unveiling the plot to dethrone you. You're going to have an AI co-host now? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the entire thing is going to be AI. She's going to replace me, too. Perfect. So. Perfect. Eventually, we're not going to have to do anything. <laughs> well, well, that's it. Hello. Welcome to, uh, to the podcast. Oh, hey. <laughs> Hi. A real life person. Shit. I don't know. I just read a thing about AI becoming like too smart and killing us all. I'm like, mm, I could see that. <laughs> I could see it happening. I mean, at this point, if the earth doesn't kill us, did you see that there are, there's West Nile in New York now? I'm, I'm sorry. Like, cool. West Nile, polio, monkeypox, yep. COVID. I'm just, I'm not going outside. I'm good. I'm done. Good. I'm good. I'm done. We're good. I've always said I didn't want to live in the country, like live too far removed from people. And now I'm really changing my mind on that stance. <laughs> like, no, nah, put me in the woods. See, I'm fine staying here. I'm just never leaving my apartment again. I recently <laughs> got Instacart and it's like, cool. Ooh. I actually don't have to ever leave again. Okay. You want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we left off last week with the trio following Slughorn to the three broomsticks. I have and... so many questions immediately. Okay, go. Immediately before we even, I can't. Um, so what many questions. questions. I said, I'm sorry, when did the three broomsticks get this great remodel? Oh yeah, it's suddenly a hunting lodge. Okay, like... <laughs> I, I, I'm like, you think we've all forgotten the fucking shrunken heads pub? The really yeah, dark, no, dingy ass pub? They're out. I said, did we maybe kill off the shrunken heads and then it could be a happy, well-lit place? <laughs> so here's what happened. I have an explanation for this. And it Please. goes, um, uh, it's not the same as, but it's similar to your theory about uh, Hagrid being promoted to teacher and getting a new place to live. Mm -hmm. um, the three broomsticks is under new management. Someone booted out Madame Rosmerta and her fucking shrunken heads. And they were like, hey, let's turn this into like a hunting slash skiing lodge okay. and also make it three times as big. <laughs> we never see Madame Rosmerita again, do we? No, she gone. She gone. She gone. I have things mm. to say about that later. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, uh, so we see the trio in the three broomsticks. They're strategically selecting their seats so that Harry is in full view of Slughorn. And of course, we get a little glance around the bar too, and Harry locks eyes with Draco, who's on his way out, while Ron spots Dean and Ginny in the corner. Oh, no, no, no. Before all that. Okay, Before all that. wow. Next Sorry. question. <laughs> I didn't realize I was so upset about this, <laughs> this scene until I started watching today. I'm like, okay, I guess I had nobody to discuss this with. Because second question, how was Slughorn drunk already? The trio were right behind him. We see the trio walk in, and he's already at the bar talking about some little stories. Is he like, actually drunk? He's just so, kind of always like that. I, that's what I'm trying to understand. Like we talked about this. Like he's just kind of. Oh, and I did. <laughs> I did listen back to our episodes. I said he's kind of a doddering old fool. That is a word. It means to like move in a feeble way. To describe like cool. Old. Did so I he, doubt that? Yeah, you said. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> oh, okay, that's my bad. <laughs> I listened to it today. I'm like, oh, that's what I was trying to say. No, so he's like this doddering kind of like silly little weird old dude. I'm like, is that it, or is he? Because it feels like he's drunk in this scene when he spills the beer or the drink on Hermione in a little while. So I'm like, was he drinking before he got to the three broomsticks? Okay, so like we were just talking about <laughs> going to the grocery store to buy a six dollar box of wine, yeah. like. 
I don't oh, think I'm not that judging. either one of us has like stones <laughs> to throw in terms of like drinking in the morning before then going to the bar. <laughs> okay, that is a very fair and hurtful point, but I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a drink of said wine and uh But <laughs> No, I, I fully acknowledge and see what you're saying. No, he does come off as like this bumbling fool at the bar drunken fool at the bar mm. when it's like, by the looks there. of it is like the afternoon and he just got there yeah and, and they're like not far behind him so he's already settled in with a drink and chit- i'm like dang he works fast um third question Props. So why <laughs> why if harry wants to like attract slughorn's attention does he make it so that ron can't sit by him he's like sit by me so he doesn't sit by me but he wants him to come over just not no, I don't stay? think it was. I don't think it was sit by me so he doesn't sit by me. I think it was sit by me so you're not blocking his view of me, oh. so that we make sure that he sees me. I have not understood that for years. Because if both Ron and Hermione are across the table from him, that makes might so not much more sense. Be spotted as easily. Okay, I That's love that. That's what I took it as. Last thing. Oh my but god! I started... <laughs> we are five seconds in. I'm telling you, it was are like you a okay? No, because I found another thing I have misheard for years. This is a running theme in this podcast. I will like have watched these movies a million times and think I know the line, but I put the subtitles on today. I started to write to you. I've never understood this. They place an order for three butter beers, <laughs> and I said, and Hermione says, and some ginger and wine, please. But he never brings the fourth drink. Turn on the fucking subtitles today. <laughs> It's in some ginger in mine, please. For years, I've been like, why didn't he bring her other drink? And why is she double fisting? What is wrong with me? (laughs) Who puts puts ginger in their beard? Well, I guess people do that. Okay, but I'm just like, I I thought it was just like for years. I'm like, why is it? Why is she getting ginger and wine? Oh, I guess there's maybe ginger and mulled wine. That, that's, that's what I thought, like a, that like a cinnamon stick or something. And like, so maybe they like ginger, I, Corey, for years. And then I have mm-hmm. another one in this chunk that I, uh, I can't. Do we so, need to take a break? Are you okay? <laughs> just the shame that washed over me today when I was like, she did not order a fourth drink. That never existed. That never existed, Andrea. I like um, the idea that she was double fisting though. Me also too. I was like, oh shit. So she decided she went maybe they're all gonna share this ginger and wine or gingery wine or whatever the fuck I thought I heard. But yeah, I was always like, why didn't he bring the fire yeah, I'm so I'm so I'm so pretty. Um uh I also never noticed when we are scanning around the bar, I've never noticed until today Leanne looking all nervous. And she's like tapping I, a glass. I actually didn't see her. Wow. It was the first time I've ever seen it. I'm like, oh, because I spotted her all of a sudden. I'm like, oh yeah, girl with the orange uh, sweater, Leanne, that we see later with Katie. But she's acting all nervous. She's tapping her glass and like kind of looking around all, all nervous. And I don't think Katie's with her. So I'm like, so this must be the time we see Malfoy go into like a bathroom. Katie must be in there. But why is Leanne nervous? But it's just weird. I've just never noticed Leanne looking all nervous. I'm like, why is she looking nervous? But I don't know. I just never, I've just done a fun little detail today. Yeah, I didn't clock her. That's awesome. I'm done with my complaints now. For now. <laughs> Got a minute or two. Um, so we also see, as I was saying, Dean and Ginny in the corner booth doing what teenagers do. They're getting all freaky. The trio have this awkward convo about siblings and snogging. I don't know. Do siblings really give a shit about this? Like, I, I guess I don't have any younger siblings, so I don't really care about this with younger siblings. And my older siblings are older enough that we didn't really cross paths and like social circles so there would never be actually that's not true my sister did date my best friend so but like oh 
never thought I don't know. I never thought it was weird. I was never like, I would like to leave. Actually, usually I was the third wheel that was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Can I come with, please? I think it's a trope in movies, too, a little bit like the overprotective dad. You're not going to date yeah. my daughter. That's my sister. Like, okay. But I don't really think. It's kind of like, why does he care so much? Like, she's 15. Right. Dean's 16. It's not like she's fucking some 40-year-old guy. And she's not making out on your bed. She's in public doing what she wants to do at a bar. Let her be. I just don't like, this is the part I didn't like, though. Hermione getting all weird and thirsty for Ron, suddenly. I didn't think it was her being thirsty. I thought that she was just saying something funny, and Ron took it seriously. Or she was like, if we were making out, would you expect her to leave? Which is just a weird statement in itself. You can tell he's like, what, why? Why would we be making out? And then a little while, when she like wipes her mouth, she looks all embarrassed. And then after a while, she's draping over Ron. And she's like all of a sudden like flirty with him. It's weird. And like the sudden change. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I was trying so... to think about anything else to back that up. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Just how I felt. Slughorn makes his way over to the table to chat up Harry. He invites Harry and Hermione to a dinner party for select students and departs. He's snubbing Ron and forgetting his name or getting his name completely wrong uh, kind of relating back to what we had said earlier about him being drunk he like slops his drink onto the table um it's a weird situation as someone who's worked in a lot of school settings i can't say that there was a single time that i allowed any single student to see me even remotely inebriated so this seems weird i know that like british culture handles drinking and just the whole culture around drinking much differently than America does. But uh, this is just something that I would never even fathom happening. Like I couldn't imagine seeing one of my teachers drunk. I couldn't imagine being like on the other side of that and being the drunk teacher. Uh, no. Uh, we once again have this really awkward interaction between Ron Ron and Hermione where he notices she has some white foam on her mouth. I'm sorry, building off of last week's sexual imagery, like, did we really need to go oh, here twice no. in one film? Like, oh, he literally no. points out something white on and her foamy. lip yeah. twice in the same movie within, like, half an hour. That doesn't even bother me as much as, do you know what actually really bothers me about this scene, which is probably something that says a lot about me because I'm neurotic? When she wipes her mouth with her sweater sleeve, I am physically uncomfortable every time she does that because it's a wool sweater. Have you ever I'm, rubbed your face with wool? Like, it hurts. It doesn't feel good. More uncomfortable by the implication that she didn't realize that she had that there. Like, I'm sorry. You don't not know. You don't not know. Uh, I found sriracha on my chin yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> sriracha is one thing. Foam <laughs> from butterbeer. <laughs> like, okay, right, right, right. You feel that. You feel that. You feel that. Okay, okay, okay. No, just I hate fabric? this interaction. I think it's dumb. It's so dumb. And she just looks so like ashamed and embarrassed. I'm like, it's not a big deal. Like you guys have been friends for years. He, but she's again, she's all like, oh, but I'm embarrassed because it's in front of Ron, who I now have a crush on. I'm like, okay. I know that this is the book where that happens or that kind of gets solidified that she has a crush on him and he's not getting it yet. I get all that, but no, just the fabric. Right. I off. think that it's building up to the dumb scene with the birds later. Like, Which it's don't... all... Oh, we do get that in this movie, don't we? We do get that. Oh, thrilled. Yeah. Okay. Forgot about that. Okay. Anyway, so on their way back to the castle, Hermione is apparently buzzed. She uh, did drink it pretty quick. I did clock that this time. She's and like her ginger and wine. <laughs> and <laughs> <Ron>. you. 
and Ron is like quietly asking Harry about the convo back at the three broomsticks. Like, why does, does she want to make out as if? I think he actually says as if or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Not likely or something. Yeah. We also are catching little snippets from a convo coming from the people in front of them. Thanks to this watch through and also pausing during the first potions lesson uh, in preparation for one of the previous episodes, we know that these two are Katie Bell and Leanne and no last name. Suddenly we hear a scream and Katie is being pulled back and forth and then up into the air like Jesus Christ superstar by an unforeseen force. Unseen, excuse me, by an unseen force, not an unforeseen force, though it was also unforeseen. It was. I have a question for you. Yes. How did you feel about this scene? This this possession by the necklace or curse from the necklace? Um, I mean, it's not unlike how it's described in the book. No. It's just not great. Like the book describes it as like a very eerie scene. She's getting tossed around like a rag doll and then lifted up. And then they do this weird angle like into her mouth. So she just looks like she has her mouth open, but like the book is like, she's silently screaming like she or has her mouth open as if she's screaming but this just looked like my mouth is open look at my teeth like it's just such a oh, weird... i didn't think that i very i definitely got scream from that you did okay yeah All right. i did i will i will agree with you that uh in the book it feels more like ethereal and mystical and this feels more violent <laughs> yes <laughs> like she's being dragged up by like a ghost <laughs> yeah um, i don't know i didn't like it as much as the book is more eerie this is more what the fuck is going on <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, With another scream, which is kind of silent, kind of not. It's kind of starts out silent and then comes forward. Like you said, wow, she has a really big mouth. Um, (laughs) Katie is slammed into the ground. She's kind of twitching about a bit. And Hagrid comes up from behind them to save the day. Uh, He scoops her up and he instructs the trio, plus Leanne, not to touch the parcel that Katie had dropped, which has broken open onto the ground, revealing a necklace, uh, an ornate necklace having fallen out of a box and the the whatever it was wrapped in um, laying open on the ground. Um, I really just remembered when we called Hagrid the Hoover driver. We're in Hogsmeade, it's snowing. He probably drove somebody to the <laughs> three broomsticks. Yeah, Hoover he's driver. just getting he's off back. his shift. Yeah, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. His yep, side gig, yep. his side gig, okay. We get a nice little ominous swell from the coral underscore and then as we zoom in on the necklace and then suddenly we're back in the castle with McGonagall. She's examining the necklace and she's interviewing Leanne and the trio. Book bitch, this would make a lot more sense if we had the context of knowing that the necklace was cursed and that it had killed 19 people, but like, who needs details? It's fine. If we had seen it earlier in Borgen and Burks, if it had oh. appeared in Chamber of Secrets like it does in the books, any of that would have been helpful. That would have been cool. But, you know, we whatever. did see it in a movie. You pointed that out. That we, we see it. We but do no, but see there's it no briefly, but we don't like there's no conversation about it. And we don't get the like card next to it that says cursed. And I don't know exactly how it reads. It I was says say, something how do you know like it cursed killed... object. It says in that little card in the book, it, oh. it has claimed the lives of no less than 19 muggles or something like that. Holy shit. No, I don't remember that at all. Damn. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. It's fine. It's just this random object that's appeared from nowhere. I also will say, like, I don't super hate this little comedic jab about it, like from McGonagall about it always being the three of them when something happens. 
But the sarcasm does feel out of character for Minerva. Out of place. This girl just got cursed. Right. She's in the hospital. I was just going to say, she's not exactly one to joke, especially when someone is seriously hurt. Yeah. Like, if it was something else, if they just came across this necklace and it was discovered to be cursed and it was like, okay, why is it always you three that are bringing me this shit? Like, literally from your first year. <laughs> uh, However, I love her outfit. Her little pointy outfit. I fucking love this woman. I saw her on screen today. I went, hmm. Oh, because you have finally convinced me to watch Downton Abbey. And my life is forever blessed by getting to have more Maggie Smith in my life. She's perfect. She's the perfect Dowager Countess, even if she uh, regrets taking that role. <laughs> Snape, of course, arrives. And after making the necklace hover in the air for like a second, he decides that Katie is lucky to be alive. <laughs> He just knows, Corey. Cut. He just knows. He just, <laughs> he doesn't have to do any kind of sorcery over it to discover that it's cursed. He just knows that she is yep. lucky to be alive. Based on that and testimony from Leanne and the trio, they determine that she had been cursed and Harry immediately blames Malfoy. Now, here's something that really sticks in my craw here. I, I got to just, this is a book bitch. It's a book bitch because it needs to be a book bitch. Uh, in the book, Harry, or excuse me, in the book, Draco is exonerated here because he was serving detention with McGonagall. It literally could not have been him. So even if we didn't want to go that far, we didn't have to see him in the three broomsticks, making it an actual possibility. Mm -hmm. I know that we never get that. We already talked about this. We never get the Madame Rosemarita storyline in the movie. So we're just like, they're just trying to make Draco look guilty or at the very least, like he could have done it. Right. Like I understand what they're doing here, but I'm so mad about it. Like, yeah. No, he's not supposed to be there. He's supposed to be Madame Rosmerta. The whole reason that they're like thrown off the scent or they like talk Harry out of, it's an, it's a whole other thing where Harry's like, uh, Draco's a death eater. And they're like, no, he's not. She was in the girl's bathroom. Draco wouldn't have been in the girl's bathroom because boys would never go in a girl's bathroom. Heaven forbid, uh, yeah. high chamber of secrets. You spent like the entire fucking book <laughs> in a girl's bathroom, but we won't even get into that. It's fine. Well, it's just a major, know. it's a major plot point of the book that, um, Harry knows from the get that Draco has something to do with whatever's going on at Hogwarts this year. Like he knows Draco's up to something and we don't really ever get that explanation in this movie. Not not too much. Like just the thing on the train where he's like, he's a death eater. And they're like, you're balking mad. Anyway, moving on. Like, no, no, no. That's a theme that runs through this whole book that his two best friends don't believe him. Yes. And then he's later vindicated. But anyway, the only note I had for this scene, actually only had two. Um, number one, McGonagall's classroom has changed again, <laughs> but we had to keep the fucking monkeys they're so distracting in the oh, background. Oh yeah, the lemurs are there. They're, they they got they had to come through with us. <laughs> I'm like, didn't yeah. they already misbehave on the set like the first couple times we were in Transfiguration? Like, why are we bringing the monkeys back? And then lemurs, <laughs> let them be. We don't we don't I, need it. It. Oh. Anyway, McGonagall expresses the gravity of the accusation, and Snape mocks him, and then they are dismissed. Cool, cool. One last note. I just wrote this is the movie of sweaters. Yes. When they switch over to Leanne talking, like, oh, that's a cute sweater. And they switch over to the three of them, like, oh, so many cute sweaters. Like, are they literally <laughs> ever in their Hogwarts robes? Honestly, this feel like, felt like an old Navy no, commercial. No, they're just in a really ugly sweater competition. Like, I honestly, <laughs> I'm just work. more disturbed on how they look. Anyway, <laughs> we cut to the boys' dormitory. 
Yeah. And Harry is watching Draco on the Marauders map. Which we don't explain. And like, that's like kind of one of my book, like, bitches. It's like, he's just got the Marauders map. But it took until this viewing for me to kind of like remember. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got the map in bed that he's like reading or viewing or trying to watch Malfoy. But we don't really know that as the audience. That's not explained. No, and it's a little creepy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. He's just watching this map seeing where people are it's like okay he's like the neighbor in with bed. binoculars yeah like <laughs> he's got the the tele lens <laughs> looking at the neighbors looking creepy for those Harry. two footprints in an alcove <laughs> together banging uh, banging uh ron is going on about Ginny and dean and that snowballs into this whole stupid fucking conversation <laughs> about what makes Ginny attractive and spoiler alert it's her skin uh i actually thought this was cute for the first time today i'm like this is actually kind of a cute exchange because this it's is bringing... stupid this doesn't happen <laughs> i'm sorry i can tell you 16 year old boys are not being like uh, she's smart she's funny she's got nice skin absolutely <laughs> not well zero percent chance i see what the point is is he's trying to say what does he see in Ginny? and it's harrier like revealing that he kind of likes Ginny. And then it's Ron reciprocating with, what what about Hermione? What do, you, what do you think about that? It's like I get that the, I get what it's doing, but it just feels like out of place. Like I said, we just Hermione just got thirsty for Ron in the last scene. <laughs> now Ron's going, oh, Hermione's okay, right? She's a girl. Like, yeah. I, I, but again, what do we what do we already say? It's a very horny movie. It's That's a all. very horny movie. All this all like you said, this all morphs into being about Hermione. Like you said, they're each kind of showing their cards. We super did not need this. It's but and then again, a waste like I said, fucking time. And even if it's just leading up to them, Harry putting the Marauders map down, and we zoom in to see Malfoy disappear. That's still not telling the audience anything. It's not telling us that he's no. watching Malfoy. It's not telling us why he's disappearing. It's not telling. It's it doesn't do anything. The scene doesn't do anything except for no. We might like girls. Cool. <laughs> that's the only like the only detail of the scene that's remotely necessary is that moment at the very end that you just mentioned. Harry puts the map down and we see Malfoy's name and footprints disappear from the map as if he's walking through a wall. It's a clue that I'm quite certain next to fucking no one picked up. I'm sorry. Like if you're a fan like us, you already know where Draco is. You already know where he's disappearing to. Yeah. You don't need this dumb like who i wonder where you went if you're a squib i'm you're not gonna understand this you're not picking up on it you're just like oh like he faded from the map i don't it's hey, not that, that enough kid, of a he clue went, he went bye-bye on that paper like yeah yeah it's not gonna get you to oh maybe he's in the room of requirement like, nobody <laughs> right. made that fucking connection and it doesn't actually get explained at the end either that it's an unplottable room and they wouldn't have known he was in there that doesn't happen so why no. why are we showing this it's stupid. This, yeah, it's kind of a nothing scene. We've talked about those. We have a lot of them. We <laughs> like them. And next up, we have your favorite audio transition into the next scene, which honestly might be the primary stylistic link between all of the films. Yes. The voiceover transition. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nonstop. Uh, we find ourselves at one of the dinners that Slughorn had mentioned in the three broomsticks. He's going around the table trying to pump information out of the kids. I'll be completely honest and say that I never remember what happens in this scene because I'm too distracted by whatever they're eating. I wrote that. I said, this dessert like, is enormous and I cannot stop looking at it. Is <laughs> it like, deep fried ice cream? I think it's ice cream and croquembouche. Like broken up 
into oh, it. Oh, it could be because some of it, it looks could like be profiteroles. Little, like, You're right. Yeah, I was thinking it was balls of deep fried ice cream. I don't think that's a maybe thing. Maybe that's because England. I just want deep fried ice cream. Always, I never <laughs> not. I never don't want that. Anyway, uh, we get to hear Cormac boast about hunting with the minister. Belby has a little overshare about his dad being an alcoholic. Uh, side note about Belby, this is really dark. We're getting it dark for a minute here. Did you know that this actor um, died? He was stabbed to death. Yes. At 18 years old. Yes. After this was filmed. He didn't even see it come out. He yep. died in 2008 and this came out in 2009. Like outside of a bar or something, right? Yeah, defending his younger brother. Yeah. I just found an article today when I was doing a deep dive on it about how his younger brother named his new son after him. Oh. Anyway, uh, so Belby's dad is an alcoholic and doesn't get along with his <laughs> uncle who invented the Wolfstein potion. Yada, he yada, killed yada. this. This was well done. This made me think of Belby yeah. from the book. I was like, oh, this is, he nailed yeah. that. Uh, uh, and it just made me want deep fried ice cream. Uh, <laughs> Hermione confuses everyone with the story about her parents' dental endeavors. And then Ginny comes in, having clearly just been crying, or maybe just has bad allergies, or maybe she smokes a lot of weed. Anyway. Uh, the, the level of redness around her eyes is actually absurd. And also, why is she coming in at dessert? Just why, don't go. Why are you bothering to come? Just don't just go. Just don't go. Exactly. If you, whatever. Hermione says that it's about a fight with Dean. Who fucking cares? No, um, Hermione already has a fucking inside scoop that she thinks Harry likes Ginny. So he's she's trying to like help oh, look they're fighting again things aren't going well look at that yeah. like she wouldn't say anything if she didn't think harry was not interested it's still dumb anyway <laughs> uh i don't want to skip over the creepy twins but honestly i just don't know what to say i just wrote creepy twin sighting that's all i wrote <laughs> yeah they are my favorite. this scene also helped me dial in on what it is about jim broadbent's portrayal of slughorn that i dislike please and it's that he is literally always pulling some kind of obnoxious face. Like his face is never just like in a resting state. It's always like, it, it's like, I understand yeah. in a visual meeting medium, you or <laughs> an audio medium, excuse me. You can't see what I just did, but it was a stunning impression of perfect. Jim all the way through this movie. It's like he was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like a half stink face. Like, what is it about? It's, he thinks I, he's I making a choice, but like that's just it. Like if you'd read up on the character at all, he's actually kind of an elegant, oily dirtbag. Yeah, he's very pompous. I see him as much more chill than this. Like this guy's like trying too hard. What's the word you use? Tottering. Doddering. <laughs> Doddering. Excuse me. <laughs> it's uh, close. Tottering is like wibbly wobbly walking. Doddering yeah, is describing yeah, yeah, people, yeah. old people walking. It's the same same thing. It's I I this is not the slughorn in my head at no. all. This is like a, a caricature of something. I don't even know. I don't even know. Like I don't even have an idea of who this would relate to in in the Harry Potter universe. I did just say this dinner is just fucking awkward for so many reasons. Right. I was about to say to finish off the awkward dinner. Yeah. Harry randomly stands up as Ginny approaches the table. I guess to be gentlemanly slash civil chivalrous. Yeah. Great. Which Hermione go clocks. Gryffindor. Yeah. Um, which yes, Hermione clocks and gives him shit. And then Cormac starts sucking on his fingers. 
Okay, you just keep putting out more examples of why this is a horny movie. It's, uh, this whole movie is about yeah. fucking. There's yeah. nothing else in this movie. Oh, Literally nothing shit. else in this movie. It's all about dicks and twats. Now I can't unsee it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'll never feel good watching this movie again. <laughs> yes. Uh, I apologize to all of our younger listeners. I understand that there are some of you out there who, uh, <laughs> for whom this content is not appropriate. Uh, Love you anyway. You're most right i was listening to this at your age so <laughs> anyway thank god that's over i think we've officially referenced sex more times in this movie than any of the others combined honestly and yeah. we're only on episode six so here we go slughorn shows the students out and is surprised to turn around and find harry still in his quarters after he's closed the door they chit chat for a moment about the stupid hourglass that runs faster or slower based on the conversation yes it's available for purchase Go find it. Of course it is. Of You're course it me. is. Okay. No, of okay. course it is. Why am I always surprised? <laughs> I'm always like, that does not exist. Of course it does. Literally any stupid item that doesn't make sense on the set, like, yes, you can buy that somewhere. You can absolutely buy this for your house. Okay, I did have a question for you, though. I said, what is the deal with this fucking hourglass? Because I don't get it. I, I get what he says when he explains it, but I feel like the sand is running the same speed almost the whole goddamn time. Like they say, and then it's going to run slowly and it kind of pauses, but I'm like, I feel like it's the same fucking speed the whole time. The only time that I remember it being a dramatic change is when At the end. we go into his memory and we see him with Tom Riddle. Okay. And then it like stops in that moment. And it kind of does here too at the end. It kind of like, all of a sudden it kind of stops again. But I'm like, I just, so it's supposed to be when it runs slowly. The conversation is stimulating right yes so you want to the idea is that you want to prolong this conversation because it's stimulating it's interesting whereas it's if almost it's coming, boring it's going quickly yeah which doesn't make any sense <laughs> like if you're thinking about it in terms of time you're having a great conversation time is flying not slowing down right flying. no i think it's more like it's you want dumb... to because it's not your perception of time it's literally like we're going to stretch this hour out so that we can continue this oh. conversation or like it's an hourglass if we say we have an hour to talk if we get that sand to go faster I see. then this conversation is going to be over faster i see whereas if it slows down we can have a longer conversation which is stimulating and interesting to both of us it's still a dumb fucking object i don't like it <laughs> no it's stupid and I, then it just I, all of a sudden seems to stop like at the end, but they're already done talking. I'm like, so no, no, no. While they were talking about this very interesting topic of Voldemort as a kid, it should have, yep, we should have watched it stop then. Not when they're done talking about it. Right, but they weren't going to cut away in the middle of the conversation and be like, are you still watching the hourglass though? <laughs> and the answer is no, I don't need this. <laughs> no, I, this, it doesn't need to be here. Does it? It's stupid. Anyway, uh, of course, Slughorn ends up talking about or boasting about his former students. Harry steers the conversation to Voldemort, and for a moment, we kind of see a glimmer of opportunity here for Harry. We see that this is a sensitive spot for him when he starts talking about his parents. Slughorn acknowledges Harry's natural curiosity about the man that became Voldemort, and he eventually shares that if the monster existed, it was hidden deep within. And I'm... that's where we leave it this week. I have one last note. Please. And it's actually kind of a confession. It's another line I've misheard for years. Oh my God. 
if that's possible, I've also misheard this. When he says you want to make the shelf of like kids that are accomplished, or whatever, like my students that are that have become something. And he's I noticed today, he said, <laughs> But you already are someone, aren't you? Okay, what I have heard for years <laughs> is you already are somewhat, aren't you? On the shelf because his mom is there. He's already represented because his mom is there. Girl, that is a I leap. <laughs> have like created the weirdest fucking scenarios in my head over misheard lines for years. Ginger and wine. You are somewhat already on the shelf. Yeah. 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 You rewrote the script. I there. I missed my calling. I should have just rewritten movies based on what Clearly. I think is going on. <laughs> I, hey, I think the opportunity is still there. I was trying to say today that I didn't understand the plot of Nope. And my coworker was like, well, what was the deal with the monkey? I'm like, oh, well, the monkey represents why you shouldn't try to tame something that's untamed. Oh, and that's what that does. Oh, I guess I did understand the movie. Never mind. <laughs> I walked away. I'm like, oh, and that's, oh, it's about you shouldn't tame things to try to tame things that shouldn't be tamed for entertainment because it backfires on you. Oh, I did understand the movie. Anyway, I walked away. Oh, I got it. I got wow. it a got? month later, I just realized I understood. <laughs> I'm pretty. Okay, let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, I've got some questions for you. Please. Um, what are you going to go to town on and keep for yourself like Marcus Belby in that dessert? Mm. <laughs> God bless Marcus. I'm so sorry you're dead. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. What did I like? I did like, um, I didn't mention it, but Slughorn's office is like luxurious and pretty. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, is this actually his quarters? Are we in that lovely like little teacher's corridor? Or is this a space that I, I don't like, know. Is this a multi-purpose space? Like, yeah. why does he have this enormous dining table? He's one person. But why would that be in his quarters? But it's personalized. It has his hourglass. It has his pictures. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it is his living quarters. And then they talk about in the in the book that he like expanded the area with magic to make it feel bigger when they have the party. Yeah. So maybe that's what he's already done with like, this is actually his bedroom, but he's <laughs> magically expanded it for the parties. I don't know. But it's a pretty space. I like the space. I don't know. What would you it think? Is. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, I'm I'm keeping the dessert itself. I am, <laughs> I am Marcus Belby in this scene. He is me. We are one. Um, okay. Honestly, yeah. if somebody if somebody else clocked it, please write in and let us know what the fuck they're eating and where Thanks. I can get it. Absolutely. And why the portions are American sized. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, what are you going to dismiss like a theory from the trio and get rid of? Um, well done. Um, I wrote like sands through the hourglass, the God fucking hourglass. Yeah, bye. Get out of here. Get out. I don't want you. Degree. You serve no purpose. You're just more CGI that wasn't really fucking needed. Okay. Yeah. That's waste of time. Um, I'm going to do the classic like double negative. I am upset that they cut madame rosmerta out of this <laughs> look i understand that it saved time at the end and it was for sure a reasonable omission but i'm sorry why are we cutting entire characters and then adding stupid fucking conversations about jenny's skin like do not tell me like we can't include anything and then have a couple of boys laying in bed at the end of the night by the way where are there other three people in that I dorm thought room that too. I'm like is dean not going to bed like they're talking about dean is he not there <laughs> like the fuck Maybe he's asleep. I do like that. I do like that quip though, where he's like, "You called him a slick kit not five hours ago." <laughs> that was very funny. Like I said, it had a it had a cute tone to it, but it's also just not a super necessary combo. Completely unnecessary. I hate it. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so this week for our probably unanswerable question, uh, we have the luxury of answering a question from a listener. Uh, I'm not going to use a name because we weren't given permission to, permission to use a, a name. Uh, but thank you for writing in Yay! and sending in your question. Here is a probably unanswerable question from one of our listeners. And it is, can muggles get through to the Hogwarts Express? Because what if a muggle decided to lean on that wall? Would they just fall in or are they immune? So I, I interpreted this as asking if someone a muggle could get on to platform nine and three quarters yes mm -hmm. you're with me there yeah. yeah uh great question thank you thank you i encourage everybody to write in with your questions this is super fun i yeah. I, I love being able to answer questions from listeners and members of our community here so uh do you want to take a stab at it before i give uh, an official answer i do because I, I did think about it for a little bit i was like huh i'm like i i don't think muggles can but i just do find it really hard to believe that like all these students go through the go through the barrier and nobody notices I'm like you've been anywhere to get anything there's a line <laughs> like you know like there's a line there's a queue of people and I'm like why do we never see that like people kind of quietly helping each other get through in this busy train station or whatever but then I go oh that's right Harry's experience going to the platform every year they're always late they're never on time <laughs> right but isn't wouldn't that be wouldn't that make it more likely for there to be a queue, for there to be a line? Oh, yeah. Like, there's already like the people idea that, Like, how many people did we determine are at Hogwarts? Around 400, right? Yes, exactly. Like, and then their parents. 400 students plus their, their siblings, parents. Sometimes seeing them off, like Ginny did. Ginny would see off her brothers. Right. So we're talking about 1,500, 2,000 people. <laughs> yeah. First of all, on a train platform. Have you ever been on a train platform? <laughs> uh That's i don't saying, know just, any that are holding two thousand people um <laughs> it's magic it's fine it's magic yeah. um but i'm just saying it's just like hard for me to imagine muggles are not like on that day also being shuffled around like what the fuck is this line for <laughs> but i don't think they right. can what's going on I, I feel like it's like i feel like it's just like we talked about when they're passing um the leaky cauldron and the sign only lights up for wizards yeah i feel like it's like, like that situation i don't know what'd you come up with so there's not a great answer here. The long and short of it is that, yes, some muggles have to be able to get on the platform. Uh, there are two examples in main characters of the, whose parents join them on the platform. Hermione's parents what? appear on the platform and Lily's parents appear on the platform, escorting them to school. Oh, shit. So that's at least four muggles that we know of in the story. Yeah. Uh, actually, five because Petunia uh, is also on the platform at that point uh, mm -hmm. when Lily's being seen off to school. So that's five muggles that we that we know of on the platform. That said, there seems to be a consensus online that one couldn't accidentally get there. Like the listener that wrote this question in, um, wrote in with this question, mentioned like, what if someone just leaned up against that wall? Mm -hmm. uh, it feels more like to get there, you have to be aware of it. And I actually did a little bit of a deep dive here when I was reading this, and there's some pretty significant evidence to suggest that it's similar to a Fidelius charm, where in order to access something like this, you have to know about it and be told about it. Hmm. Um, obviously not necessarily from a secret keeper, um, but 
Right. So a muggle-born would have someone from the school or someone from the ministry come to their home, explain Hogwarts, explain the world, and explain how to get to the platform. So they would be told how to do this. They would be aware of it. I almost um, wonder, too, if it's like a portkey. It's only from on this date, from this time to this time, does that wall actually That's the other thing I was going to say. Like oh, this, this, Well, this isn't necessarily online. I just thought the same thing, that, you know, the Hogwarts Express runs back and forth three times a year, taking students to and from the school from summer break, from the holiday break, and from Easter break. Hmm. So is that six days a year that you can actually access the platform? Eight. Is there a way to... There and then back. Excuse me. Beginning of the year, going there. Christmas, Easter, and then going home. In when does the school year end? We even fucking know May. In June. June. But like to get to school, home September. from the holidays, back oh. to school, home for Easter, back to school, home. home for That's summer. six. Oh right, wouldn't have return trip. That makes sense. I'm good at math. Keep going. Um. <laughs> Don't let me talk anymore. <laughs> I'm good at math. That's fine. Okay. Anyway, so I think that that seems likely that it's not just open and accessible all the time, 24 seven, 365. I think it's more likely that you can access the platform on these days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there's, <laughs> the author hasn't commented on this specifically, at least not that I found. If somebody has, again, please write in, let us know. We'd love mm -hmm. to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, what you know. Uh, but it does seem that it does seem unlikely that a muggle would accidentally access the platform. Yeah, I agree with that. But still a fun question. But yeah, absolutely. Very good question and very much in the style of of the pukey pukes. <laughs> the pukey pukes. Um, because I do generally try to relate the pukey puke to the episode that we're currently on. I did come up with a just kind of a silly little one. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned earlier that in the scene right after the three broomsticks and before Katie's cursed and flung into the air <laughs> that Hermione looks like she's maybe a little litty, maybe a little buzzed, maybe Yeet. a little sazed. Yeah. Um, so my puke this week is how many butter beers would it take to get Hermione drunk? <laughs> <laughs> Which in hindsight sounds like I am a mid-30s man asking how many beers it would take to get a 16-year-old girl drunk. <laughs> how many White Claws would she have to drink? How many White know. Claws? She finds um, me attractive. Yeah, yeah, let's be clear. I'm not doing this to plot uh, the kidnap <laughs> of any uh, teenage <laughs> students. It's on record. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's on Authorities hear this. He's uh, not trying to lure children. Um, all, I, all I took from it too, like, I, and they've talked about it in the books that it, like, it's not very potent, but like Winky would get wasted because Winky's so small. So all I could think was, well, Hermione's a thin, young, maybe lightweight girl. She did drink it kind of quickly. So I'm going to say that's why she had like a light buzz. But how many would she need to be wasted? Three. <laughs> she's a she's a thin gal or for me be like 17 she is a <laughs> yeah a 16 year old girl with a very uh mild frame mild is that the term for it yeah she's um, not not very tall not very big 
You said three. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have a bet. I don't drink beer. <laughs> and so. I don't think um, either of us do. And uh, yeah, and I did look into like the fact that the average beer is about 5% alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm oh, just no. realizing how fucking weird it is, how far of a, a, a K-hole I went into on this. Um, so like trying to de- determine the alcohol content of butter beer is obviously silly. We know that it's mild. We know that it'll get house elves drunk. Mm-hmm. But like Winky was also drinking six bottles a day at one point, which Ooh, girl. like, again, glass houses, <laughs> I'm not judging anyone, but like, that seems like a lot for a house elf. Bloating um, alone. So I did find this source that said butterbeer might be based on a recipe for buttered beer, which was a real drink. Really? The earliest reference to buttered beer was from The Good Housewife's Handmaid for the Kitchen, published in London in 1588. Hmm. And it is made from beer, sugar, eggs, nutmeg, cloves, and butter back in Tudor times. So based on that, like beer is obviously the primary ingredient there. Like eggs, I would assume you're whipping to make some kind of froth for it. Maybe the one that Um, was on Hermione's lip. Maybe the one that was on Hermione's lip. Great. The butter is going to fuck up the flavor. And with that darkness, this has been a really dark episode. (laughs) This has been a fucking Sorry, everyone. Go out. Like, uh, go out. (laughs) Look at the sun. Just be outside. Well, don't look at the sun. Go out and experience the sun. Get some some vitamin D. (laughs) And let us continue our morbid, weird, twisted journey through these movies. And please, please, still tune in next week. Please. So sorry. Um, We do love interacting with you. Um, (laughs) Feel free to message us, comment on things. Yes, thank you again to the listener who wrote it with that question it was that a lot was of fun wonderful looking that you are appreciated thank you so much but everybody yeah feel free message us listen to us uh follow us on the youtube the instagram and tiktok especially instagram that's where all of our screen grabs are that we're going to talk about um and our videos actually are uploaded from tiktok to there as well and uh hey i love you i'll see you next week okay love you see you next time rate and reviews wherever you get your podcasts oh god god help us all right love you bye bye We cut to the boys' dormitory. Hario, Hario. <laughs> it's like Cheerio. Hario. Yeah. I need to go to bed. Wow. I do too. My uh, eye is twitching. Yeah. We cut to the boys' dormitory, and Hario. <laughs> <laughs> we are tired. We are doing great. I really can't. I really can't say it. We cut to the boys' dormitory, and Harry is watching Draco on the Marauders map. <laughs> <laughs> we are really good at this. Why is nobody giving us money? <laughs> why don't we have our Patreon yet? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't understand oh. why no one wants to sponsor us. <laughs> you might just want to say the boys. Um, <laughs> <start over. laughs>